You are listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene, online at BethanyNaz.org. It was uh, really important to me this morning that uh, we took everything off the stage. Because I wanted that image to be burned in your mind as you move throughout this week and throughout the season of Lent. And the goal is that that's what our lives begin to look like. That we begin to clear everything away. And we begin to get rid of distractions, things that are bad and things that are good. That would keep us from focusing on Christ. Because here's what I think. I think that we allow things to become distractions in our lives and keep us from focusing on what's really important. And so when I talk about distractions, if you look up the word in the dictionary, you would find the word, trying to define the word distraction would be preoccupied. Or we find the word distracted in our text this morning, and the word that is translated distracted into English from the Greek language really means to draw away from. And, and so it's anything in my life that draws me away from Christ, or it's anything that I've become preoccupied with that, that keeps me from focusing on Jesus. And so here's, here's the bottom line. This is the question we've got to answer. This is the question we've got to deal with. This is the question we have to confront this morning. Am I going to live my life distracted? Or am I going to make a choice? As I move through this season of Lent toward Easter to celebrate the resurrection... Am I going to focus on Christ? So there was a guy whose name is Bob Benson. He was not a pastor. He was a layman in a church. He was in the Nashville, Tennessee area, and he wrote a lot, and he spoke a lot. And in one of his writings called Form Without Substance, he said, You know, a few years ago, we took the kids from our church on a retreat. And he said, we found this little country church and the pastor decided he would let us in there really early on Sunday morning so we could have it to ourselves before everybody else showed up for church. And so we sat in this little country church and I said to the students, I said, so let's pretend like we're back home and let's kind of populate the church with everything that we would need like we would have church back home. So what would we need? Who and what? So one of the kids said, well, we would need ushers because you can't really do church without taking an offering, right? And he said, okay, you and you and you and you go stand at the doors and you can be the ushers. And somebody else said, well, we need greeters to welcome people. He said, okay, well, then you and you and you and you, you go be greeters. And somebody else said, well, we would need a pianist and an organist at least. And okay, you sit on the organ bench and you sit on the piano stool. What else do we need? And somebody said, well, a choir would be really nice. Okay, all of you guys go stand in the choir. What else? Well, you got to have a preacher if you're going to have church. Okay, you go stand in the pulpit. And he said, we populated the church like we would at home. And then we reversed the conversation and said, are there any of these people that we could do without or any of this stuff we could do without and still have church? 
And so one of the kids said, I guess we could not have greeters. And so they came and took their seat again. I guess we could do without ushers. I mean, I guess you could put it in a box at the back door. Some churches do that. I guess you don't have to have a choir. I guess you don't have to have a pianist or an organist. And finally, even the preacher sat down. And he says, here's what we decided. That who and what you really need for church is a few of us in the presence of Jesus. And everything else is just kind of part of the form of church. But the substance, the substance is people being made alive through the presence of Jesus. Because Jesus gives life. He is the place where the holy shines through, Benson says. He is the point at which God flows into our lives. Jesus is the substance of life. Yet, Bob Benson concludes... We often tend to be content to just settle for the form and not the substance. So here's the choice. Will I be distracted? Or will I clear some stuff out of my life? And make room for the one who deserves it. There's a story in the Gospel of Luke chapter 10 beginning with verse 42. Luke chapter 10 beginning with verse 42 about Jesus going to these people's house. It's only two paragraphs. And really all it says is here's what's happened when Jesus was at the house. So Luke chapter 10 verse 42. Let me read the words to you. Okay, here we go. So is Jesus and his disciples, so that's about 13, right? Jesus has 12 disciples in him. They were on their way. He came to a village, and we know that the village is called Bethany because of who lived in the village, Mary and Martha. So he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to them. Martha had this obviously great gift of hospitality. You have the gift of hospitality? Martha had it. And so uh, she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted. Let me tell you something, okay? There's two crucial phrases in this passage that I'm reading to you, and that is one of them. Martha was distracted. You've got to remember that, okay? At any cost, you can't forget that. Throughout the day, you've got to remember this. Tomorrow, when you think about today, you've got to remember that part of the Scripture, that phrase that says, Martha was distracted. Why was Martha distracted? She was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made, Luke says. And so we get the opinion, or we make the assumption, that she's probably cooking dinner for Jesus and his disciples. Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. And she came to him and she asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister, talking about Mary, has left me to do the work by myself? Would you please tell her to help me? Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things, but a few things 
are needed. Or indeed, only one. There's one thing that is needed beyond everything else. There is something in our lives that is the most important. Mary has chosen... Oh, by the way, that's the second important phrase. Martha was distracted, but Mary made a choice. Mary has chosen what is better. He didn't say what you're doing is bad. He just said Mary chose something better. And it will not be taken away from her. So that's God's word for us today. So this is the question. In fact, it's the only question you'll have to deal with all morning while I'm talking to you, okay? This is the question. Will I live my life distracted? Will I be so concerned about everything that needs to get done? Will I be so consumed with all this stuff that needs to happen, that needs to take place, that I need to accomplish? Will I become distracted? Or will I make a choice to make room for Christ in my life? That's really the question. So, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something, okay? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be in these next few moments very transparent. Um, sometimes I, I say to my wife... Um, you know, before I say something in a sermon, I say, do you think it would be okay if I said this in a sermon? And sometimes my wife says, no, you can't say that in a sermon, okay? You can't do that. But, but I think I'm okay to say what I'm going to say right now. But I'm just going to be honest with you about some things. Uh, the song that you heard a moment ago, Clear the Stage, I heard it for the first time a few months ago. And, and, it, and it moved me. Like, like no song has moved me in a long time. And so I took it with me to work on Monday, and, and I met with this worship planning group that we planned services with, and I said, I've got to play you a song. And so we played this song, sat in, in my little office. And, and when the song ended, we were kind of silent. We were just taken aback. And so we began to dream, and we began to plan, and we began to think. And finally, when all those people left my office, we had a plan frankly, that I wasn't okay with. Because the plan was, what if we sing the song and we just clear everything off the stage and we just leave everything off the stage for like six weeks? And we let that be an image that burns in our mind of what our lives should become. What if we begin to clear stuff out of our lives? And we begin to make room to focus on Jesus and to sit at His feet. And here's the reason I wasn't comfortable. It's because I have some issues in my life. And my counselor says I'm doing much better. But I need normal. I like it when things are just normal. Don't give me weirdness, okay? Just give me normal. Don't go moving things around in the grocery store. Just leave it where it is. I do best when life is just regular. And so... As much as I love Advent, and as much as I love to celebrate Christmas, I'm the happiest guy alive when it's over with. Just get me back to normal, would you? And this looks anything but normal to me. It looks empty. It looks barren. It looks hollow. And so I begin to talk to the Lord about it. 
And how do I tell these creative people that I can't handle their idea? We all talk about how God speaks to us. I've never had this audible voice experience. But I sensed God saying to me as I was praying, You want normal? Yes. But what if normal is being distracted? What if normal is a lot of clutter in your life? What if normal is a lot of busyness? What if normal is not really being to focus on me because there's just too much going on up here? How bad do you want normal? What are you willing to pay for normal? What if you cleared some stuff out of your life and you found yourself more often sitting at my feet listening to what I want to say to you? And so we cleared the stage. Hoping it would become an image burned into our minds about what our lives should start to look more like over these next six weeks as we journey with Jesus through Lent to the cross before celebrating the resurrection. So what's happening in the text is that you have Jesus going to this village of Bethany and Martha opens her home to him because she's very hospitable. She becomes distracted with everything that has to be done. And she says to Jesus, don't you care that I'm doing all the preparations and Mary is not helping out. So if you do the math and Jesus has 12 disciples and Jesus would make 13 and Mary and Martha and their brother Lazarus make 16. And I don't know if there were more people there or not, but if that was all there was, that's still 16 people for dinner. It takes a lot to get ready. We would be a mess with 16 people coming to our house for dinner. And I think the reason she said that to Jesus was because peeking around the corner doing this was not working. And so Jesus says, Martha, you're worried about so many things, but only a few are needed. In fact, one. One thing is what's most important. And Mary has chosen. And so this is the question. When you think about all you got to get done in life and the busyness of your day and you jump up and you jump out of bed and you start your busy day and you move through it as fast as you can and you collapse in bed late at night and you jump up and you do it all again, are you willing to not be distracted but to make room for Christ? You understand, Martha wasn't doing something bad, right? She was serving Jesus for heaven's sakes. I mean, what is more important than serving Jesus? I mean, what is better than, than, than singing in a choir and teaching a Sunday school class and being an usher or being a greeter or leading a group? What is better than that? Jesus says, I have something 
Jesus said, what is better than that is sitting at my feet and listening to what I have to say. Because you can't substitute service with being with Him. In fact, it's the opposite. Our service flows out of our time with Him. That's the way it works. Have there been times in your life when you got up in the morning? You said, i got to spend time with Jesus today. I mean, I intend to spend time with Jesus today. I am going to be in Jesus' presence today. I'm going to get my Bible. I'm going to get a quiet place. I am going to be with Jesus today. But when you came to the end of the day, you said, I didn't get to be with Jesus today because there was so much to get done. Life is a distraction. Running a house and paying the bills and getting the kids where they got to go and keeping a schedule and going to class and doing your homework and everything. That's a distraction. Can you imagine after the resurrection and the church of Jesus Christ begins to explode? I mean explode in growth. I mean it is incredible and everybody realizes he was indeed the son of God. And you remember that there's a lady named Martha and you remember hearing that Jesus was at her house one day and you run to her and you say, Martha, tell me what was that like when he came to your house? What did he talk about? What did he say? What did he teach that day? And you know what Martha's going to say? I don't know. You should ask Mary. I was so busy. There was so much to do. I was busy, but Mary made a choice. In the midst of everything that had to be done, she sat at his feet. I didn't. And so, Rick, if I, if I do this, as I move through this season over these next six weeks, if I create margin in my life, if I refuse to let my schedule dictate what I do, my busyness rather dictate my schedule, if I choose to clear some things out of my life, then what I'm really doing, right, is I'm refusing to be distracted and I am making room for the one who deserves it. I'm making a place in my life for what is better. I'm making a place in my life for what is most needed. That's right. And so this is the heart and soul of Jesus' words to Martha. So think about them with me just for a minute, would you? Okay? Suppose that I had you over my house. I, I, I said to you after church today, I said, hey, you should... You should come over and, 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 and come to the house and, and hang out. And you said, yeah, we, we would love to. Well, what about Thursday? Thursday sounds great. And you get to our house and you go, wow, that's kind of interesting. Uh, we didn't think Rick would just kind of come up and invite us over, but he did. And so you get there and you ring the doorbell and you're kind of straightening your... And nobody comes to the door and you look at each other. You ring it again and nothing happens. You ring it again. There's nothing taking place. And so finally... Finally, there's a note that you've noticed, but you don't feel like you should intrude by reading the note. But after about five minutes of nobody coming to the door, you think, maybe the note's for us. And so you take the tape of the note off the door, and you open the note, and it says, so glad you guys could come over. And Nat and I are at the game. Come on in. 
Help yourself. There's food on the counter and in the fridge. There's some other folks coming over. I think you'll love spending time with them. Make sure you lock up before you leave. And by the way, we should get together soon. I, 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 think, I think most of you would probably say, we need to tell him that if we're coming to his house, we would probably be interested in spending time with them. Don't, don't misunderstand me, okay? I love being with you here at church. In fact, when Luke writes the book of Acts, the guy who wrote Luke, he, he talks about the fact that we should never give up doing this right here, what we're doing, meeting together. But see, being together, that's not the main attraction. The main attraction is being in His presence. He has the power to forgive us of our sins. He has the power to change our lives. He has the power to help us make sense out of human existence. He has the power to heal us of our addictions and our diseases and our brokenness, right? I mean, we are here to be in the presence of Jesus, right? He's all we have. This is all we have to offer. This is Jesus. And so, we get a choice to make. Will I continue to live my life distracted in the busyness of our schedule? Or will I make a choice to sit at His feet and to hear what He has to say to me? So, would you grab your bulletin and open it up all the way? I mean, just open it all the way. Your worship folder, I should say. So, when you open it up on the right two panels, it says Lenten practices at the top, right? You see that? And what we're doing is we're just saying that many of you come to church on Sunday morning. And you know what happens? You listen to the sermon and some of you walk away saying... Hey, Rick, that sermon was really good for me. I liked it. Thank you. But I've heard others of you say, I leave and I kind of forget about it. And I think I should have applied that to my life, but I didn't think about it again. And so sometimes we develop practices or disciplines or habits that help us remember to focus on the stuff that's important in life. And so here you go. On the very first deal, it says in, in the first week, March 9th, through the 15th. That's this week, week one. What if you considered giving up fasting some kind of media in your life? So whether that's maybe Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or television or listening to the news, some kind of media. And every time that you remembered, oh, I can't do that because I've given it up for Lent, then it's a reminder, oh yeah, I'm, I'm focusing on Christ, right? And so I'm going to take some time that I would be doing this other stuff. And I'm going to clear that out of my life. And I'm going to make room for Jesus. And so the, the, the next thing says in the, in the second week, what if you continued to give up that one media thing? But what if you added something like sleep? Like what if you went to bed an hour early during Lent? Or, or what if you did something like... Um, I mean, for some of your college students, that means you would go to bed like at uh, 1 a.m. instead of 2. That would be a real change, you know. 
Or what if one morning you just slept as long as you could sleep? Our mind and our soul and our body work in sync with one another. And when our mind and body and soul are exhausted, how can we truly hear from God? And so every week there's a suggestion. What if you took on some new disciplines, some new practices? What if you developed some new habits? And you begin to focus on Christ. And you said, okay, here's what I want to do, Rick. I spend a lot of time doing this one thing. And just like they carried that piano off the stage a while ago, I'm going to take that off the stage of my life. And, and I'm going to make room for some time with Jesus. Would you, would you just kind of look me in the eye for a moment? You can look at my eyes on the screen if that's better for you. But I just want you to look up at me for a minute. I can't imagine coming to the end of this life. And I think about that some these days. I think I know why. The average lifespan of a man in America is 77 years of age. Next year, I will have lived two-thirds of my life. If you want to get depressed, just focus on that for a while. It's awful. I can't imagine coming to the very end of my life and Jesus saying, What? What? Where were you? You seldom stop to talk. And I can't imagine my best answer being, I was busy. That just doesn't sound like a good response to me. Because what I think I'm really saying by that is you were not important enough to me. I was at lunch one day with a pastor friend. His name's Tom. And Tom says, I, I want to tell you about something. I did this 21-day fast a few months ago. Now, don't, don't misunderstand his spirit. He wasn't bragging. And, and he wouldn't have announced that in his church. And, and he wouldn't have told a lot of people. But we had a close friendship. And, and just he and I were sitting in a restaurant together. And he was just talking to me about his journey with God. Jesus says in Matthew 6, when you fast, you know, wash your face. Don't look somber. Anoint your head with oil. Raise your chin up. Don't be like hypocrites who want people to know they're fasting. You don't let people know. So like if you give up something for Lent and you're sitting at a restaurant and somebody orders a piece of pie, you go, I can't have any. I gave up sweets for Lent. You're kind of missing the whole deal right there, okay? In other words, you keep that to yourself. If you're really fasting something, you don't talk about it to people. Maybe a trusted friend, but you don't announce it to everybody. You kind of miss the whole idea when you do that. He says, toward the end of the 21-day fast, all I drank was water. That's all I put in my body was water. He said, during lunch, I was praying. Because that's what fasting is about. You don't just take something out. You don't just clear something out of your life. You replace it, right? You focus on Christ, right? You're making room for Jesus. That's why you fast, okay? 
So when you give up something, it's not just, I did without broccoli for six weeks. No, you, you spend time with Christ. I mean, that's the purpose of fasting. It's not just eliminating. It's bringing something else in. And he says, so one day during lunch, I was praying. And it was near the end of the fast, and I was trying to tell the Lord how much I loved my relationship with him and knowing him and talking with him and spending time with him. I was trying to tell him how grateful I was for this sense of closeness that I had with him. And he says to me, I felt like God said to me, Tom, you can have all of me that you want. Tom, you can have all of me that you want. Tom, you can have all of me that you want. Do you want to be in his presence? You want to sit at his feet? Can you stand it? I know a guy named Isaiah that found himself in the presence of God, and it was tough. Because when we find ourselves in the presence of holiness, you know what we see? Our unholiness. And you know what Isaiah says? Whoa! I'm undone, I'm unclean, man. I got stuff in my life. And I think sometimes we say, no, I don't want to go there. Just keep being distracted. You're doing fine. Just keep going like you're going. Because I don't know if I can handle it. If he begins to reveal to me who I really am. And so Jesus invites us on a journey. If you want to be my disciple, he says, pick up your cross and let's go. And he invites you this morning to clear some stuff out of your life, to make room for him and to pick up a cross and to head to Calvary with him. You going? Why don't you stand with me? Would you do that? Kyle, you guys going to come? And so this morning, if you say, Rick, I, I need to make room in my life. I need to make room in my life really bad. And I keep saying I will, and I keep having so much to do. And I've got to come to this place that I just say, okay, no more distraction. I'm making a choice, and I'm going to sit at Jesus' feet as we move through Lent toward the cross over these next six weeks. And I'm going to take on some of these habits, some of these practices, some of these disciplines. And it's going to keep my mind afresh and anew about what's happening in my life through this season. And so if you want to come and you want to talk to Jesus about this this morning, the altars are so open and available for you. If you want to be anointed, if you want to be prayed for for healing, there's pastors on each side of the altar. They'll be here and they'll be glad to pray for you. If you want to come to know Jesus this morning, if you want Him to change your life, to completely transform who you are, if you want to be forgiven of your sins, that can happen for you right here today.
If you're going through stuff in your life and you just need to come and talk to the Lord about some struggles or some joy that you're celebrating, I just think the best way we can end this time together is by spending time with Jesus. So if you want to come here to pray or pray where you are, let's take some time to pray. And this is a great prayer to pray. Would you pray it with me? what we pray today Um, this prayer of surrender is what is coming from our hearts in this moment we want to know you more we pray this in Jesus name and so feel free to leave as you need to leave this morning please leave quietly as you go and feel free to come And join others who are praying or come and pray or sit and pray. Uh, Just let these next few moments treat them as you need to. God bless you.
You have been listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene. Visit us online at bethanynaz.org.